All right, welcome back to the pod. Um, right now, I'm just going to give my initial reactions to the James Harden deal. Huge blockbuster trade. Um, I'm going to give my perspective on each team, the haul that they got, all the things. And then I'm going to kind of focus on the bigger picture, big questions. You know, what does this mean for the NBA? What does it mean going forward? And what does it mean for the game itself? So let's start out with the obvious one. Let's start out with the Nets. Everyone wants to hear about the Nets. Everyone wants to hear everything. So my biggest concern so far for the Nets is that they lost a ton of depth here. They lost a lot of depth with Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, and Jared Allen all being out of here. I mean, Jared Allen was starting at center. Jared Allen pretty much pushed DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation. Now DeAndre Jordan's back to being their starting center. I am hugely worried about their depth, really, because if you're not starting Bruce Brown, which I don't think that they will, is he your sixth man? Is he the best guy off the bench? I mean, I just, I'm baffled at, at how this team is like five or six men deep. And then after that, it's it's really nothing. Um, and I guess my second biggest problem is the defensive questions. Who who the hell on this team is playing defense? If Bruce Brown is not starting, which I assume Joe Harris will start for spacing reasons, even though this team does not need more spacing. There are no good defenders. There are no good defenders. Kyrie Irving is not a good defender. James Harden is not a good defender. Joe Harris is not a good defender. Kevin Durant has shown to be a good defender in the past, but do you really want to make him play two-way coming off an Achilles? Do you really want to rely on Kevin Durant to be your best defender? I don't think so. DeAndre Jordan's 32. He's a great rebounder and an above-average defender, but if there's one out of four guys in a starting lineup that are an above-average defender, that team is not going to be good defensively. I'm very worried about that because in the playoffs, defense tends to matter most, you know? Um, another huge question I have, I know I'm being very negative about the Nets trade. I'll go, I, I mean, obviously you got James Harden, you got an MVP, you got a perennial all-star, you now have a big three, the only big three really in the NBA, except for the Cavs. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Cavs got a big three now, but you know, obviously you make the deal 10 times out of 10, but I think that there's a lot of questions. I already talked about the depth. I already talked about the defense. Another huge one to me is who's going to be the third option. And I was recently on Twitter, actually, um, because the deal happened like three or four hours ago. So I looked at Beasles' Twitter and he tweeted out, I don't think that this is over. The Nets could easily trade Kyrie Irving. Which is true. The recent news in the past couple of days, Kyrie has not been with the Nets. He's been out on personal reasons. Um, I was actually going to drop an episode today just talking about the NBA season as a whole, MVP so far, Rookie of the Year so far. And I discussed Kyrie Irving in it, but I decided to nix that when the Harden trade happened. Um, and that's big to me because my next question is who's going to be the third option, right? The big three in Miami was able to succeed because Chris Bosh was like, hey, I'll take that back seat. The big three in Boston was able to succeed because Ray Allen was like, hey, I'll take that backseat. The Golden State Warriors big three was able to succeed because Clay Thompson was already a guy that didn't need a lot of touches, and Curry was like, hey, I'll take a backseat. You know? And who out of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, who we all know have very large egos, all three of them, which one out of those three is going to be the one to say, I'll take this step back? You know? I don't I don't see it. And it's 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 hard because how good is the fit? It's three bona fide scorers playing next to each other. It's not a bad thing, but, you know, Harden, Harden's a good playmaker. I guess he averages 10 assists per game, but it's not like 
Harden does it in a in a way that he makes these passes. You're like, whoa, you know, like the way LeBron does it. Harden does it very much so in the sense of, oh, the defense has collapsed. P.J. Tucker's open in the corner. There's an assist. You know what I'm saying? Harden, Harden to me isn't a, uh, he's not a great playmaker. He's a good passer, and he finds the open man. Same with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's playmaking is extremely underrated, but it's not really that good. And Kevin Durant has shown to be a good playmaker, but I'm just, I'm skeptical about this team. I'm also worried about how Steve Nash is going to be able to handle this. It's a first-time head coach, and now he has to handle three guys that need at least 20 shots a game. You know, it's that's going to be really hard to do. And another concern, speaking of their egos, would be the locker room, right? Kyrie Irving is a guy who's had problems in the past. Whether you want to blame it or not, on him or not, as a Celtics fan, I'm going to blame him. I just am. Um, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green got into it. And then James Harden seems like he's been the problem in Houston this entire time. So that locker room is going to be very interesting in me. Very interesting to me. And with all the problems that I've talked about, obviously, you got James Harden. He's a great talent. He's a great player. But I really see, I genuinely believe this team is a second-round exit. I really believe this team is a second-round exit. I can give them a matchup with the Bucks. I can give them a matchup with the Sixers. I can give them a matchup with the Heat. If they match up with one of those three teams, they will lose. They will. I really believe it. And that's perfectly fine. You can't expect a big three to win in the first year. We've only really seen that with the 08 Celtics. If you look at other big threes, except for really the 08 Celtics and the Warriors, they're most successful in their second year. And I think that that's really important for people to remember because when the Nets lose in the second round this year, when they don't make it to the conference finals, when they don't make it to the finals, people are going to be on their ass. And I don't think that's completely fair. You know, it's a first-time head coach. It's, you know, three players who have never played together before and not a lot of depth. Now, next season, next season is when this Nets team is going to be really good because they're going to get Spencer Dinwiddie back. And Spencer Dinwiddie, and also, they're going to get guys and vets who want to be on a minimum for this team. And this team is going to be so good next year. Next year, they'll be really good. They'll get Spencer Dinwiddie back. I'm sure they'll get a bunch of vets on minimums that are able to play defense. But I think next season, Kawhi will be in Miami. And to me, that Heat team is better than the Nets team. I Moral of the story is, even after this James Harden trade for the Nets, I don't believe that they are going to win a ring. I don't believe this Nets team is going to win a ring. And I think that in 10 years, we will look back on this trade not as a second coming of the Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trade. That's not fair because the Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trade, those guys were old already. You know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are 28 and 32. Or 32 and 28, I guess, because KD's old. You know, they're not going to... It's not the same as the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade, but it's pretty damn close. It's pretty damn close. We're going to look back on it as a huge failure for the Brooklyn Nets because I don't believe they'll get a ring out of it, and I believe that they're destroying their future for it. And that brings us right to the Rockets, right? So a lot of people, at least the people I've seen so far on Twitter, are very confused by what the hell the Rockets are doing. And I thought it was pretty simple. I thinking, I'm thinking that I, the Karis deal was a little puzzling to me because to me it seems like they're not going to offer VO this offseason. They're going to let him walk. And they're going to start to rebuild almost immediately. Yeah, they have that John Wall contract. So be it. He's a free agent. He has a player option after this season. So next season, 
he has a player option at the end of the year, which I'm sure he'll pick up, but maybe he won't pick it up if he's really having to, you know, play on a rebuilding team. Maybe he wants to go compete somewhere, which is totally possible. John Wall's made plenty of money in his life. But I think that they're trading for VO because they don't want to have to deal with multiple years on Karras' deal. They know that Karras is going to want a complete bag when he's up. So maybe they're just trying to get cap space right away, which is completely possible. I think that they will let John Wall walk. I think they'll let Boogie walk. They'll let P.J. Tucker walk if they don't trade him because he's disgruntled. And they're going to try and build around Christian Wood. They're going to use all these picks. They're going to use their own picks to build. Actually, they don't have their own picks, right? Because of the like Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook deals. They don't have their own picks. Yeah. So they're going to have to use the picks that they got, which is a lot. They got up to eight picks. They got four picks and then four pick swaps, which is a great haul for James Harden. I think that they'll go rebuild mode. And I genuinely believe that the amount of draft capital that the Rockets have, they really could try and tank. Not tank this year because they're not going to tank with a roster of John Wall, VO, Boogie. Like, they're still going to compete for an eight seed. John Wall is now a dark horse for MVP. <laughs> But they could use all this draft capital that they've acquired, and they could try and trade up for Cade Cunningham. I think that's totally possible. I think it would be a really smart move. But I think they're trading for VO to get money off the books this year. Because Karras does kind of fit into that timeline of him and Christian Wood. But to me, I think the Rockets are going salary cap here. They're trying to get that off. They have a bunch of guys on expiring deals. Um... And overall, I'm actually pretty pleased with the way the Rockets did this. I'm very happy. I was a huge fan, though. I'm, I'm very disappointed. I'm, I'm happy for them because they got a lot of draft capital. But I'm really disappointed that they did not trade for Ben Simmons. To me, not only is Harden and Embiid with the Sixers roster a much better team than this Brooklyn Nets team, but... Ben Simmons on the Rockets is so much better. And at first, I was like, I don't want Ben Simmons and John Wall playing together. John Wall's not going to be there forever. You know, you could probably, you might be able to get John Wall off too if you really shop him hard. I'm a huge, huge Ben Simmons guy. And I think that it would have been really cool to see an entire team built around him. Christian Wood is the perfect big man to play with him. So I think Houston could have been really special with Ben Simmons. But... Sixers weren't willing up to give up Tyrese Maxey, which could bite them in the ass eventually. You know, if 10 years down the road, the Sixers never win a ring, and we go, hey, remember that time they didn't want to give up Tyrese Maxey? And unless Maxey turns into an all-star, the Sixers look stupid. Um, then on to the Pacers. The Pacers just, I mean, they got younger and improved in my eyes by getting Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. Vio had played well this year. He had played amazing well. He was not back to the All-NBA guy that he was. So they get a little bit younger with Karis LeVert. And in my opinion, they get better. I, I I have nothing really to say about the Pacers. I think that they're, you know, just as good as they were. Nothing crazy, nothing nothing big in terms of changes for the Pacers. But let's talk about the Cavs. The Cavs are my favorite story and my favorite team out of all of this. I love what the Cavs did. So, the Cavs got younger with Jared Allen, and now the Cavs officially have a big three. The Cavs have a big three, man, because you had Darius Garland, you had Colin Sexton, you had Sexland, and now you have Jared Allen. 
you have a big three that fits the timeline for the future. Hell, you even have Isaac Okora. You got a big four at this point. This is amazing. I love what the Cavs did. And I think that Drummond is now on the trading block, which as a Celtics fan excites me because we have that big trade exception. Hopefully it'll work out. We'll see. But yeah, I I really love what the Cavs did. Because now, I don't know when Kevin Love is coming back, but if your starting lineup is Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love, and Jared Allen, you might be able to compete in the East. You really could. I'm really happy, though. It seems like Cleveland is having a very competent decision-making at the helm, which they haven't had, you know? Even when LeBron was with them, they really didn't have that competent of decision-making. It was more of LeBron forcing their hand. So I, I, I think the Cavs are, honestly, honestly, I think the Cavs are the biggest winner here. I really do, because I don't think the Nets are going to win a championship. The Rockets, although I think I know what they're doing, it's a very foggy to me, and picks are never a guarantee. I'd rather have Ben Simmons right now than the possibility of eight picks that may never amount to anything. I really love what the Cavs did. I really love what the Cavs did. I love Jared Allen with those guys. That defense is going to be insane. Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, Jared Allen. Oh, my God. I mean, the Cavs are already the best defensive team in the league right now. Right now, as of today, they're the best defensive team in the league. And they just got better defensively with Jared Allen. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And then, so we've covered all the teams in the trade. We're talking big questions now. So my first big question is, how will these picks pan out? Because the Brooklyn Nets deal with the Boston Celtics was only bad because it turned into two all-stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's the only reason it was bad, right? So if these picks don't turn into anything, then no one really wins the trade. I guess the Nets would still win the trade. If these picks turn into nothing, the Nets automatically win the trade. Even if Harden leaves after two years, which I don't think he will. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, but, yeah. Because uh, if you look at, they have a pick, they have an unprotected first-round pick in 2026, and they have a pick swap in 2027. And that's important to note because in 2027, Kevin Durant will be 39 years old, Kyrie Irving will be 35 years old, and James Harden will be 38 years old. The chances that all three of them are still in the Nets and still competing is very low. So we're looking at, I mean, even in 2025, Kevin Durant will be 37 years old. Is he really going to be that guy at 37? I don't know. I don't know. So we're looking at three consecutive years, possibly, um, 2025, 2026, and 2027, in which this Rockets team and Rockets organization has the Nets pick. And it's very possible that the Nets are garbage. Very possible. So I think depending on how these picks pan out, that could easily dictate who wins this trade. You know, this is going to be a trade that it takes a while. Because if the Nets win a ring, if the Nets win a championship, if the Nets prove my ass wrong, they won the trade. They won the trade. Unless the Rockets use those picks to get multiple championships, the Nets won the trade. Winning a ring is winning the trade. The Lakers won the AD trade. They won a ring. The The Celtics won the trades that they made because they won a ring. Back in 08, you know? So... This Same with this Nets team. If this Nets team proves my ass wrong, tells me, hey, defense don't matter, and wins a championship, good for them. And they won this trade. But, I mean, that. Oh, my second big question is, what the hell is going to happen to Drummond? What's going to happen to Drummond now? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. At this point, as a Celtics fan, I would love to have Drummond. Um, for years, our problems have been 
defense in the paint and rebounding, and he solves both of those problems. He's not a great rim protector, but I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Um, I think we can use our trade exception. Maybe give a first-round pick or two. We have plenty to the um, maybe another young guy. I think that's what we might do. Give them a young asset like Romeo Langford. Um, not trading Peyton Pritchard, hell no, but something. I'm thinking Drummond might come to the, to the Celtics because they're not going to want to make Jared Allen come off the bench. He's too good to come off the bench. And if Jared Allen wants to come off the bench, send him to Boston, man. We'll, we'll play him as a starter. And, yeah, that's my opinion on the Drummond thing. But the biggest question I have is, does defense matter anymore? Because I've gotten this discussion a lot on Twitter. When the when Harden first picked the Nets, I tweeted out, I retweeted it after the Harden trade. I tweeted out, hey, Brooklyn, you know, no matter if you trade for Harden or not, you're still not winning a championship. There's something called defense. It's really important. And someone replied to my tweet, and they were like, no, it's not. It's the NBA. Defense isn't important. And I said, literally, when has a team ever won without defense? And he said, the Warriors in 2017 slash 2018. And when I tell you, I was angry. It was un, it was unfathomable, my anger. Because if you look at those Warriors teams, those Warriors teams were like the best defenses in the league. They were. They were some of the best defensive teams in the league. And, you know, I, th- I feel like we've done this before, where a team is really good. But they don't have defense. I think we did this with the Wizards this year, even. They were a terrible defensive team last year. They added Russell Westbrook, and all of a sudden, people were like, they're a 6 through 8 seed, which without having addressed any of their defensive issues. Defense matters so much in the NBA. There's two sides of the ball. It doesn't matter if you can score 140 if you're letting up 141. It doesn't matter how much you can score if you can't get a stop. And that's my biggest concern with this Nets team at the end of the day. Bruce Brown is the only good defender on this roster. They traded away Torian Prince. Torian Prince is a mediocre defender. They traded him away. They got rid of Jared Allen, their best rim protector. DeAndre Jordan is not replacing what Jared Allen brings to the table. I'm sorry, but he's not. I don't care if he's KD and Kyrie's boy and he's good in the locker room. He's not replacing what Jared Allen does. I, I'm I'm genuinely worried about this Nets team. I'm very skeptical. I'm going to have to see how it works, see how Steve Nash formulates an offense. I mean, Harden's back with Mike D'Antoni, so maybe maybe Harden will start to do well for my fantasy team, hopefully. But, yeah, that, that's, that would just be my initial opinion so far. Um, I might drop another episode tonight just going over the season as a whole. I don't know, though. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. But... Yeah, I mean, I think the Cavs are the biggest winners out of this trade, honestly. And this take may get really bad really quickly, but I think the Cavs are the biggest winners out of this trade. They have a young big three that they can build around for years to come, and I'm really excited. Um, I'm excited to watch this Nets team, though. Big threes are always fun. It gives me something to root against, you know? Uh, I really don't think this Nets team will win a championship this year. It's possible next year, but it's unlikely. And overall... I, I mean, I'm just happy that Harden's out of Houston because now he'll stop being a little crybaby and we can get back to basketball. But um, if you enjoyed the pod, tweet at me at the 3 and D podcast. Um, let me know. And thank you all. Peace.